0: Hello friends, this is Taverly and you are listening to Grit and Grace. We are here for soul-level conversations that will take us across the veil in mystical and magical ways. I invite you to leave what you know at the door, open your heart, and receive. If you want to find out more information, make sure you go to Moontempleschool.com. And now let's get started. Today's show is a deep dive into the work you do before you actually set your intentions. This is a recording from the February witching hour, which we focus on how to set intentions and actually bring them to fruition and all of the things that need to be done first, which is working on yourself, working on what your limiting beliefs are, looking at really where your subconscious is ruling and that means that any of the intentions, rituals, or spells that you do will be very difficult to actually come to fruition. So if you find yourself doing a lot of work in your practice and it's not coming to fruition in your human existence, this is the show for you. Enjoy. I'll first mention, for those of you that may be celebrating this uh, special day of February 1st, which is Imbolc, it is the halfway point between winter solstice and spring equinox. Of course, it's a beautiful day for us to be gathered to talk magic and ritual and I also have an extra piece of equipment that I don't normally have so you're going to see this nice maybe you can't see it very well I think it blends into the background it looks a little camouflaged but I do have an additional mic with me today so if all goes according to plan I will be able to release this as a podcast so if you haven't listened to my podcast yet this will be a really good chance to have a revisit oh I see Clementine's coming in Nimwe. I see (laughs) Nimway. Welcome to the East Coast. Great to have you. I'm glad you're with us. So welcome. For those of you that are new, my name is Taverly. I'm the founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School. I am a high priestess. I am a witch. I am a currently also mothering. I have my uh, one of my grown children here visiting me on this little slice of sand that I live on. And I am a student of life. I am always a student first. And so everything I'm going to share and talk about tonight, let's be really clear. These are the way that I've learned it. It's my tradition. It's my practice, my belief system. And part of what I believe is important for all of us as witches, even if you don't identify as a witch, is to create your own your own flow, your own knowledge. And so let this just be a piece. If something doesn't resonate, go ahead and and leave it behind. And yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me. I would love for you to use the chat box and tell everyone where you're from. I see Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Evening time. (laughs) Nice to see you. (sighs) Uh, Use the chat box. Tell everyone where you're from. I know we have people from all over here tonight. How exciting. I love seeing all the places pop up. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. Utah, Colorado, Colorado, Florida, San Antonio, South Carolina, Denver, Alberta, Canada, South Carolina, originally from New York, Ohio. Amazing. Amazing. Dallas, Indiana. Norway, Ah, amazing, Catherine. I think I've seen you on here before. What time is it in Norway? Must be very early in the morning for you. And there's Phyllis. I see Phyllis. Virginia. Wonderful. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for taking time to step into your own magic, to really feel into what's possible. And I love, I love, first of all, having a witching hour. We have a witching hour that we can all come together to every month and talk about a topic that is prevalent in the field or something that I get asked so commonly about and it's just my. It's always my pleasure to be here, and I like this to be a two-way exchange. So when I ask you a question, feel free to use the chat box. We will keep everyone on mute. And Jerona is my second in command tonight, so if you have questions, feel free to direct message her. And if Michelle is here too, Michelle is really great. She is uh, my admin ninja, so she is always on the ball, and she'll drop some links in, I'm sure, at some point for you. So you're welcome to... Um, direct message them and I'm not sure how to identify them mm, just note down Michelle and Angerona in your notes and so there's that leads us into notes so the best way for you to have the most success tonight is to have your journal and pencil handy and hopefully everyone has some refreshing water nearby and I'm burning uh, I'm actually burning Uh, St. Bridget's Blend. It's a personal blend from my time studying as a Celtic priestess. So I am burning a blend for Bridget today. So I invite you to make sure that you set yourself up for success. Take a break if you need it. And also just know that you're going to take what you needed to take from tonight. I know last month I talked fast. <laughs> Several of you said we were jotting so quickly. So I will I will try to pause and breathe a little bit more in between. But sometimes when I'm opening my channel, things can come fast. And I am aware that I do talk fast. So hold your questions until I take a break and ask for them. So make sure that you write them down. So I'll start with, does anybody have anything particular. Okay, great. Uh, Nice to see everyone. I'm just checking the chat. Okay, I was gonna ask if anyone had questions on how to prepare, but I'm sure that you've got it all together. I'm going to actually turn the chat off for the moment. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk tonight about the difference between a ritual and a spell. And how to build more rituals and practices into your day to day. And this is a very common question because you hear me if you followed me on any social media, if you are in any mystery school classes, you know, we talk deeply about rituals and I think that sometimes people aren't necessarily sure what is what is a ritual and what is a spell. And and then at the end of the day, does it really matter what you call your working? No. <laughs> so we're gonna use labels for specific reasons tonight, but just know that if you have your own label for what it is that you do and you're working, then you use that. You feel free. I keep switching the screens around so I can see all your different faces. It's so nice to see all of you. I could be distracted, <laughs> easily distracted. Um it doesn't matter what you call the way that you do your workings, your healings, the work for yourself, the work that you do for others, how you create intentions, how you work with the moon, how you work with energy. I'm going to use more commonly referenced terms tonight, but it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you call it. And I like to think of a spell versus a ritual. A spell is doing some sort of very specific action for a specific Outcome. Most spells will include a ritual, some type of ritual, but not all rituals include a spell. So, rituals that might not include a spell could be even just an honoring of a deity. It could be a celebration. And and I'm not talking about the habitual rituals that we do all day long. I will talk about that in a moment. But there are lots of rituals that we do that aren't necessarily spells like rites of passage or even... For those of you in mystery school, you know, we do a lot of body rituals. If you see me on social media, you see that I I use a very particular formation and I move it through my body and I bring light in, and I use my power fingers and I do specific motions. We learn, like we teach those rituals, you learn them in mystery school in our high priest and high priestess class. Those are full body rituals. And that particular ritual doesn't include a spell. Those rituals include ways for our body to shift consciousness immediately we go to altered states to access the spirit world through the body rituals that we do in mystery school i mean that's the only way i know how to describe them i know that there are lots of high priests and high priestesses on this call feel free to drop your own comments on what these body rituals are to me it's it's an immediate access to the spirit world by going into a shifted consciousness state and we learn the words we learn the movements and we bring them into our practice every day and there is no spell attached to that. So although I would say that we are performing an action with an intent, technically our intent is to center, to ground. It could also just be to open our circle, right? Rituals can just be to open our circle, but they don't mean that it, it doesn't mean that it includes a spell. So I might ask Michelle to drop the link to the high priest and high priestess class. Our temple is still open. We still have a little bit of room if you have ever desired to step into mystery school, we are happy to welcome you. And like I said, there are, are several of you in this year's class on this call, so I can see you. Hello, it's going to be a great year. So we'll drop the link in the comments and you you don't have to be at a particular place or have a particular lineage to join us. But I bring up these rituals because I do reference them a lot. To me, the way that I define a ritual is an honoring, a, a centering anything that takes me into a deeper level of myself, so then I can access the spirit world. But let's switch back to spells for a moment. So if we know a spell is a particular action with an intended outcome, don't we do that all the time? Don't we actually do things with a specific outcome all the time? We do, in fact, to do that. Interestingly, Enough. If we think of a prayer or a wish, these are spells. This is us doing an action with an intent for a specific outcome. And sometimes spells are, are so small and simple that we don't realize that we are spelling. <laughs> we don't realize that we are spelling. We are constantly in, in creation mode. Spells are an ever-present preva- ever part of our life, even if we don't realize it. Physical spells can be things where we are using tangible, tactical items outside of our body to aid us in this intent. Now how many of you have been in class with me when I say yes, your tools are great, I'm going to teach you candle magic, I'm going to teach you all the things, but really you're the magic. The tool is just an extension of you. So it's an aid, it can help bolster energy depending on what item you're using. Um, But these physical items that we bring into our spells are aids, plants, plant allies, whether you're working with a plant as an incense or as part of a dressing for a spell or if it's going into a, a, a closed container with a spell, with words, with other items. It's still you that's creating that intention. If I throw a piece of paper, some plants and some candles in an enclosed container, such as a jar, if I throw all that in a jar, it's not going to magically just decide that it's going to have a specific meaning. It's going to have the meaning that I put to it. So I'm creating the spell, me, the human, this flesh and blood individual are bringing these tools together for a specific outcome. So that's a, a little bit more detail about a spell. Now we talked a little bit about rituals and rituals can also be spells in themselves. In fact, if we know that we are constantly creating all the time, you know, we, can, we can think of our habits as rituals, but I'm talking about rituals in the sense that we are raising energy. We are creating an opportunity to experience something at a different level. There may or may not be a spell included with it. For example, if you cast a circle before you do a reading for yourself, if you work with a a smoke cleanse and clear your home, that is a ritual. Could it be a spell? I guess you're taking a specific action with an intent attached to it. It could be a spell, but we wouldn't traditionally consider something like a house clearing a spell. It would be considered a ritual. Although under my own definition of a spell, it might be a spell. I'm rethinking that. I'm like, huh, a specific action with a specific intent. Yes, a house clearing could be a spell. But I'm thinking of that more in terms of rituals. Other rituals that we do regularly are meditation, right? Walking, being in nature, turning off your device, if you work with me, you know that I encourage you to sit in contemplation and quietness often. Those are, those are all rituals. Those are all rituals. So let's talk about simple yet powerful magical practices that may or may not fall under the category of ritual or spell. Such as baths, taking a bath. Every time we get in a shower, we are working with one of the sacred elements. It could be doing readings for yourself. It could be sitting under a moon, gazing at the moon. It could be sitting and gazing at the sun. It can be sitting in any which way. These are all magical workings. Doing readings for yourself, tarot or oracle, whatever you prefer. And breath work, meditation, these are all also magical working. So notice that there are some activities that might you might classify as a ritual and you might classify it as a magical working and you might also classify it as a spell. And this is why at the very beginning, I reminded you to give it whatever label you want. But being aware that you have all of these different ways for you to access shifted states of consciousness, access creation, access manifesting, I mean, whatever it is that you desire, access your shadows if that's where you're at, and bring in support. So we've talked about spells, we've talked about rituals, and simple yet powerful magical workings. Now, I almost included on that list things such as lighting a candle, just simply lighting a candle, or things such as, oh, I just about burnt my arm on that candle. That fire is hot. Something as simple as taking the blood of plants into my olfactory system. Would I consider that a magical working? Maybe. Does it have an impact on my body? Immediately. Like cooking. Yes. Like cooking. Yes. Um, Especially when cooking because you're infusing your energy into food. Hopefully good healthy food. (laughs) You can also infuse your energy into water. So spells, rituals, magical workings. Now let's talk a little bit about high magic, my definition of high magic. And I do have a full podcast coming out on um, high magic, ceremonial magic and why we do it. So I don't know, Michelle, you probably know, I think it's going to come out in the next week or two. So watch, follow my if you are following my podcast somewhere, look for that more details on high magic and ceremonial magic but why do we do ceremonial magic versus just a ritual or just a spell? And to me, my experience in conducting many, many, many big ceremonies, high magic ceremonies with large groups of people, maybe sometimes even smaller groups of people, uh, yes, herbal tea. Ah, Shelly, Shelly, hello. Um, I just saw your name there. High magic ceremonies requires a much bigger intake of energy, and a much bigger outtake of energy, a much bigger release, movement, creation of energy to do workings where you are shifting the field for multiple individuals or even just yourself. Mm. Thank you, Michelle. February 13th. Ah, see, it's a beautiful day. That'll be a beautiful day. And high magic is also the way that we walk between the worlds. And so if any of you were at Witch Fest this year, you know that I along with some brothers and sisters went on stage and conducted we did our, our our body rituals our high priest and high priestess rituals on stage and then I did an honoring of the dead in front of thousands of people and it was not necessarily a, it was an opportunity for people to experience being on the other side of the veil but it was also a deep 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 honor for those that have come before us so this this particular ceremony wasn't just for those that were there because oftentimes high magic or ceremonial magic, everyone is involved. They usually are not witnesses. But in that particular event, we gave everyone the opportunity to really sink in and experience magic from this, this ceremonial perspective. And at the same time, it was, it was real. It was a real honoring of the dead. And it takes a significant, a significantly different energy source to do high magic and ceremonial magic. Now, what other type of ceremonies might take place that are different energy sources? Well, oftentimes different types of things like marriage or um, hand fasting or rites or initiation, a lot of these require that same journey space or that same process of death and rebirth because that's what initiation is, is just death and rebirth. And so there's these four areas that I really wanted to focus on tonight to have this understanding that a a spell can be something simple, like a prayer or a wish. It can also have a lot of layers added to it. A spell can be very complicated. A spell can also be conducted after you've done rituals whether it's to clear the space, to keep energy out, to raise your energy, it would be more unlikely to see a spell after a ceremonial magic because that itself would blow most types of spells out of the water. The energy used for high magic is, is, would, would most likely be much greater than just a spell. But spells can be complicated too. I know all of, all of you have seen on social media some really complicated spells. I've seen people do spells for the collective. I've seen people do spells for 50 people at the same time in separate containers. But that, I mean, that is, that is passing into ceremonial magic on behalf of a large group of people. So hold your questions on spells, rituals magical workings and ceremonial magic and I'll come back to that I'm going to continue on. So knowing that we have these kind of four categories that I've put different types of rituals and spells into, you can tell that I'm a big fan of the rituals that we do that are really just to find our center. These are daily practices. It's like a, you know, energy cleansing or your energy hygiene. We've talked about this at length in Mystery School the rituals that we do as high priests and high priestesses to me are the most powerful way of stepping across the veil. And so for me, that is the basis of where everything goes. That's where it starts. If I'm going to do a spell, it happens after that. If I'm going to do another basic ritual, it's going to happen after that. And for you, if you don't know those rituals, you might consider meditation, contemplation, sitting in stillness, or depending on the the spell or the ritual you're going to do, you might need to jack that energy up so high that you're going to turn on some Pantera, full blast in your home, shake the windows and dance it out. And then you might be ready to cast your spell. That is just the same. That is just as powerful, the body movement. I have no idea where Pantera came from. Actually, I do. They came onto my playlist today. Actually, it's funny, Pantera came because I was first listening to Godsmack, And there was a song that reminded me of Pantera. So yeah, I am I am very, very, very much a fan of turning on loud metal music to bring that energy level up to where I need it. To bring that energy level up. All right, so we're going to switch into now that we've explored these topics of rituals, spells, <laughs> all the different ways in which we build life on our, on our terms. Because if you're here on this call with me, then you know that it's possible possible for you to create anything that you desire. Even if you're not actually doing it, and you feel like, well, I think I know that, but I'm having a lot of different things happen right now. So how am I, I going to fit that in? Well, you're here because you know that this is possible. We do this we do this work every day, many of us, like this 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 is possible. So petitioning the universe. I remember the first time that I was on a live session like this and I used the words petitioning the universe. And I feel like a lot of people kind of stepped back and stepped back and thought, wow, I can petition the universe for what I want. And my answer is, you already are all the time with your thoughts. Your words, your energy, how you're choosing to receive or not receive from the spirit world and the actions that you take, that is a petition to the universe. So how about we become more intentional about what we are petitioning the universe for in the first place? So petitioning the universe don't forget, universal laws apply. We are not going to be able to bypass universal laws when we are creating petitions. And I, I say that, and at the same time, I also feel like anything is possible, because we can work around and through energy in ways that our human minds can't comprehend, if you are sitting here with me on a Zoom call and we are looking at each other and we're taking notes, our mind is working in this moment. Our mind cannot process how possible it is to create directly from the universe into your life, whatever it is that you desire. Our mind can't process that. And so know that we have limitations that we put on ourselves, our human mind, our human experience. We have limitations that we put on ourselves. And I, I will come back to this in a moment. But petitions to the universe. So it is it is complex. It is complex to truly understand what I mean when I'm saying that. And this is going to this is definitely going to melt your mind a little. And for some of you, this might be this might be a little triggering. You might feel like, You might start to feel some guilt or shame in your current situation if we know that we are constantly creating everything in our life. You might feel something like, well, shit, (laughs) did I do that? This is not, we're not here to do that. So let's all put our, our right hand up right now and say, I am not going to judge myself at all based upon what I learned tonight. Deal? Deal. Okay. So we're going to go a little deeper into what we are constantly doing every day, all day. And then I'm going to give you some very particular steps on creating a petition to the universe. That to me is an important part, but it's actually a much smaller part than what we're going to talk about first, because I have five things to tell you that will supersede any spell, any ritual, any ceremony, any petition I give you. These five things, if you're not doing them then all the rest that we talked about isn't going to matter. Number one, our thoughts and our internal voice are creating all the time. So when you go to apply for that new job that you desire, and in the back of your mind, you say to yourself, wow, it's going to be really hard. They're going to expect more of me. There's going to be more pressure on me. It's going to be hard. It's going to be super hard, but I need the money. My career path would be good. I might feel a little bit of ego excitement. I want this job. I know I would be really good at this job, but it's going to be hard. And then you apply and you go to your first interview. And this is based upon a, a very common occurrence that can be replicated in any era of your life. I have a, a spiritual coaching client that I work with, and we just had this conversation recently. And she said to me, she said to me, can you do a spell to help me for this job that I just applied to? Can you can you like do some working with me? And I'm like, sure, no problem. No problem. She booked the session. We get on the call. It was about 15 minutes in to where I started to verbally hear what I could already see her saying, which was, this is going to be a really fucking hard job. I'm going to be away from my kids a lot more than I am now. I want it. I can do it. It's part of my career path. This is where I think I should go and I want it, but it's going to be hard. And so we took a whole step back. We cleared the slate of all of our original plans and we went into this particular topic, which is that our thoughts and our words are constantly creating for us. If we say it's going to be hard, then guess what it's going to be? It's going to be hard. If we tell ourselves continually every day that we're not good at something or we can't do it, well, guess what? You're not going to be good at it. You're not going to be able to do it. There's no ritual or spell that is going to bypass what you're already doing internally in your own voice. And this is really important. So this is number one. Your thoughts and your internal voice matter. I would invite you as a homework exercise, because you all know I love to give homework, (laughs) is to become the witness of yourself between you and you. What words do you say to yourself that you won't speak out loud, that you're repeating over and over in your mind? And do the words that you say to yourself support what you really want? Is there dissonance between any of your rituals and spells and what you are speaking to yourself? Number two. And that's all the internal. We're moving to the external. This is, again, super important. The words that we speak out loud are spells themselves. Always. I know many of you work with me, and I'm the one that's (laughs) constantly you speak, and at the end of your sentence I'm like, oh. It was that (laughs) instead of it is always this. Oh, it might have been that. It's not anymore. Or even things like I am witnessing myself have a difficult day as opposed to this is a really bad fucking day. I've had a really bad fucking day. Or it's going to be a really hard week. Instead, how about I'm having a character building week? I'm growing stronger by this particular day. The words you speak out loud are creating in your life all the time. Now, let's go a little deeper. The words that we are speaking about someone else are also reflecting back to us all the time, right? Words are spells. That's why it's called spelling. And I'm sure that All of you, just like me, because we're human, we do this without even realizing it. And then we catch ourselves, And then we go, oh, (laughs) Nellie, what did I just put out there? I just put something out there. And can I take that back? Take that back. I bring it back. We can do that. Yes. We can also just become super hyper, hyper aware of ourself and how we speak about our life, ourself, our children, our loved ones, all of the things in our life. So homework assignment number two. For the next week, I invite you to pay attention to every single thing that you speak and have a tally on your phone of is it positive, neutral, or negative. And at the end of the week, tally up how many positive, negative, and neutral things did you speak out loud through your voice, through your throat chakra, that put a vibrational change into the world through speaking. Air magic. That's homework assignment number two. Number three. So we started with our thoughts and internal voice and our words and what we speak. These are the most important things that you can do if you want to create any type of ritual or spell. This has to be, this is the foundation. So the third one is our rituals, our lack thereof on how to find our center. And what is our center? Maybe you're not sure what your center is. Your center is that place that you find when you're lying on the meadow in the middle of a sunny day with your eyes closed and your body is against the grass and you take a breath and you just feel like, wow, here I am. Your center is what you find when you do breath work or meditation or sit in contemplation or have just had a joyous orgasm with your lover. That's your center. Joy lives there, peace. And it sits in our body in very different places for all of us. Some of us, it might, you might feel it more in your belly or your womb. Uh, for men, you might feel it more in your solar plexus or in the middle of your back. You might feel it in the bottom of your feet when they touch a damp grass or the damp grass. So knowing your center is super important and being able to get there every single day is critical. So again, I'll I'll reference our high priest and high priestess rituals are an immediate shift to your center. In fact, for me, it's when we, well, I would say it's when we call in the directions, the watchtowers of the directions, but it's also even just reading something like the tree of life that we use. That right there brings me right into my center. Other ways you can find your center, um, and I'll actually go in combination with words you speak, can be mantras, affirmations. If you do breath work followed by mantras and affirmations, you're finding your center and you're casting spells all in, it can be done in seconds every day. Number four, knowing how to listen to spirits guidance, or guidance from the spirit world. It's important that we know how our body receives information. And it's also important that we keep our clan- channel clear to continue to receive information. And now this is not because everyone on this call wants to be a psychic or a seer. It's not about that. It's about knowing that we have access to wisdom beyond ourselves. You can even just call it simple intuition. Or if you're like me, I'm a seer, for sure I'm a seer. And I, I every single day create opportunity for me to ensure that I have alignment so I can continue to receive. Now, do I have busy days where I go to the beach, go for lunch with friends, go shopping, do human stuff and not necessarily focus on it? Yes, but because all of these five things I'm talking about are in place for me every single day, It sits easier in my field. Okay, number five. I'm just being conscious of time here. The actions we take or do not take based upon the messages we receive. And I'm going to give you some very specific examples in a moment. The actions we take or do not take based upon this information we receive. So I'm here telling you that it doesn't matter what type of spell, ritual, high magic, or magical working that you do. If these five things are not in place, that becomes mood point. And I'll, I'll give you some some reasons why. That was five. Yes, I think I got five. Our thoughts and internal voice, our external words, our rituals or lack thereof daily to know your center, receiving knowledge and the action you take based upon the knowledge. Here's the thing. If you create a ritual, let's use a spell. If you cast a spell for a specific intent, let me just come up with a recent example. We're, we're helping a lot of people move blocks right now. I'm doing a lot of cord cuttings. We're moving a, removing a lot of blocks. So let's, let's just say we do a, a spell to let go of a, a, a relationship that's not serving you anymore in your life. And you really, and you really, really, truly desire that. And we, we, we do this working together and yet you spend all day long talking to your friends about this particular human and you allow yourself to be so involved in the energy like over and over and over again that what you're speaking of is a complete opposite of what the spell spoke what the spell did there's going to be this like clashing out in the world of what you desire and what you've created may not be happening because you're putting it right back into the field over and over again and then let's continue on that specific example if you receive a message within your body to take an action to further separate maybe you separate a bank account or you cancel a lunch that this person might be at something to create more separation if you're if that's what your intention is and you don't listen to that Knowledge for whatever reason, then all of those things on the list are actually not being met. And so you're working in the exact opposite energy of what you desired in the first place. There's no ritual or spell that I can give you that can overcome these five things. They are more important. Now, can these five areas be applied with your spells and rituals? Well, yes, of course they can. You're going to say, but Taverly, I want this and I want this. I'm going to do this and I want to create this. Yes, yes, and. Roll it back. Roll it backwards. Whatever you desire, whatever you're creating in your rituals, spells, high magic, or magical workings, roll it back and ask yourself, well, does my internal voice match that intention? Okay, great. Check. Number two, ask yourself, does how I speak about this to other people match my intention? Great. Check. Better yet? maybe I don't speak of it for a little while. Maybe I just let it sit with me and focus on my internal voice of what it is that I'm creating. And number three, are you coming back to center every day to ensure your own vibrational alignment, regardless what it is that you're creating? If you are, great, check. So now you move on to, what are we on? Number four, am I listening to guidance from the spirit world? Are they directing me that this is the right intention. Okay, great, check. Moving on to number five. Am I taking the action based upon the guidance I'm given? And this is possible for any intention. And I'm gonna give you a, a draft sample template that you can use for petitioning the universe today. And these five, these five steps can be built into it. In fact, I recommend that if you are creating anything such as a spell, because a ritual can be without a spell. So we're going to leave rituals over here. We're going to assume that you do whatever rituals are called to you before you cast a spell. But a a petition to the universe is a spell. So we're going to work on that tonight. So assuming that you're going to create something with this petition to the universe at this time, then I suggest that every single spell that you cast from here forward follows these five steps, one by one, every time. And it might require you to set up reminders for yourself in your phone, in your affirmations. If you do high priest and high priestess rituals, build it into your rituals. It can, cre- it can become part of your I am statement. All right. So what questions do you have for me? Oh, that was five? No, it was four. <laughs> What questions do you have for me? So I'm saying your thoughts are your reality. They are, yes. Um, And you don't have to be just your thoughts. You can be more. What questions do we have on spells, rituals? How's everybody feeling? Making sense, feeling good. Feel like you have a greater understanding of the importance of the work that we do. Some people are tired. Yes, for some people it is later in the evening. It's different doing these lives on East Coast time versus those of you that are in Colorado or on Mountain Time. But we have someone here from Norway, which is 2 o'clock in the morning. So I'm not going to complain about this time. Okay, let me get through these questions. All right thoughts on financial prosperity and petitioning the universe would love your take on that please yes good question common question this is pretty much everyone on the planet has this question abundance is, is energy money is a particular type of energy and i could do a whole i could do a whole class on that i invite you to really evaluate your relationship with money do you sit on it do you treat it well Do you give it negative energy? Money is a neutral energy. It carries the charge that we give it. And there's a lot of work we can all do around money. Um, So I would say that, yes, uh, prosperity spells and rituals can 100% work. Uh, These five things will matter. These five things will matter. Because if we do a prosperity spell or ritual for you, and in the back of your mind, you think, well, I'm always broke. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna have that house that I truly desire or that job. If that's repeating in your thoughts over and over again, then there's no spell I can give you to overcome that. I'm gonna say, let's go, let's work on that part first. That part matters more. Okay. I do I statements every morning, but I'm working on creating my own spells. Wonderful. I love this for you, Phyllis. You know I'm gonna be excited to hear more about that. Uh, thank you, Thymus. Nice to see everyone. When casting doesn't matter if you do it indoors or outdoors. That is such a beautiful question. I love that question. Okay, so casting. So I'm going to assume that when you're saying casting, you're referring to a spell. Um, I personally create spells in very uh, protected containers, and not because I feel like there's any sort of outside energies necessarily coming in, but because I want it to be kind of locked into my energy. When I'm casting a spell for me, I'm locking it into me. Um, I have often other people in my home or people, neighbors and stuff around. And besides, I blow. I mean, I blow up energy around my house all the time. I feel like I give people a break by keeping my spells in an inner container. Now. The body rituals that I do, the way that I shift consciousness, I love to do it outdoors. I do like to do it in in privacy, um, but I can do it outdoors in ways that allows my my own private rituals to still remain private. Um, I have cast many spells outside as well because the power of nature, the power of nature can really aid in what it is that you're you're doing. So I would say that it would be entirely depending upon. Dependent upon you and what it is that you are casting. If you are casting something that is that requires protection or is for protection or requires um, a type of energy that's hard for you to maintain in a public place. And even outdoors, if we're in the middle of the forest, we're not alone. We are with animals. We are with nature. So it's kind of easy to take us out of that heightened energetic state when we are outdoors. So as long as you can maintain and hold your high increased levels of energy or your shifted consciousness state, then I think it, it, it wouldn't necessarily matter for you. Mm. Uh, the reminder is good. Uh, spells. Okay, I'm going to come back to that hmm okay this is a really good question this is this is so good and I meant to to discuss this earlier it's today was a tough day I get concerned when I feel frustrated and upset and that I'm putting that vibration out there okay this is so good and I'm glad that you asked that and that was Nikki there all always needs to be a safe place for us to speak our truth right there is a place for sacred rage. I'm a big believer in sacred rage. I lead a lot of people through sacred rage. And there needs to be a place and a way for us to move energy out of our body that doesn't feel like we're just bringing more of it in. So I invite you to really consider how could you set up a container? to express what it is that you're feeling other than metal music, because we've already talked about that, so that can go on the toolbox. Metal music. I mean, if you're if you're having a tough day and you're worried about that frustration, put on a song that feels very angry and sing it at the top of your lungs. And yes, you're speaking it, but yes, you're mo- moving it as well. Know that it's going to sit in your body. And so allowing it out, we need a safe space to allow it out. I oftentimes say to people that I work with that, We're putting a container in place where anything that happens within this bubble is just to release. So set an intention that everything I speak and say right now for the next 15 minutes is just to get it out of my fucking body. And then I'm going to be recentered and grounded. And I, in my experience, that doesn't create more of that. Now, will your vibration be in alignment with that energy? Yes. But can you change it? Yes, fast, breath work, meditation, movement, dance. I mean, if metal's not your jam, it might be some rap music and you might need to swear it out, dance it out. Maybe it'll be some sexy music after to groove. Look at it like a like a circle. If you need to express something from a tough day, start the circle, go the whole gamut, front to end. I will, will never, ever... Um, Say that there isn't a place for sacred rage, for sacred movement, for being really frustrated and angry, especially when we are experiencing real human things that are difficult, that we feel like happened to us, that we didn't create that happened to us. And I would also say that in that process, bringing some perspective in for yourself. Okay. So what to do when your internal voice doesn't match what you are petitioning and you're having a hard time refocusing that internal voice. That is a very, very good question. I'm just going to sink into that for a moment. Hmm. This is inner work. I mean, this is mindset work. I would ask yourself, you know, why, why are you petitioning what you're petitioning if your internal voice doesn't match it? Is it because you've reached an upper limit of what you think is possible in your life that it's beyond your imagination that you actually can do that and deserve that? Like, Where do the limiting beliefs that come? Because a lot of us, I'm sure every one of us at some point in time in our life have wanted something that's bigger and more than our families have have experienced or that we thought was possible for us. So we actually reel it back in because we're like, wow, I'm thinking really, I'm thinking really big and I might be getting a little big for my britches. I don't even know where that came from. Big for my britches. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, funny. I think this is for you specifically, Rebecca. Where have you created this idea that it's not for you? What it is that you desire. Because if we want to petition the universe for something that we truly desire, but our internal voice is ticking in there telling us the reasons why we can't, shouldn't, where in society have you been conditioned to think that that's not okay? Where in your family? I would peel those layers back deeper and deeper. Now, on the flip side of that, that upper limit I'm talking about is often put on us just by our own inability to visualize and imagine visualize and imagine. So hold that. So that's, that's your, that's a very good question, Rebecca. And I would say that that's, that's deep work to peel those layers back. I'm trying to let me go down. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so glad you're here. Priscilla from Ireland. That's awesome. Thank you for being here as a Celtic priestess myself. This is a special day. Mm. Should we call our words back if we were talking about someone, especially after cutting cords? Oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful question. (laughs) And let's all raise our hands if everyone, this has crossed your mind, like, oh my goodness, all those words I spoke before I knew what I was creating. Um, I would say the words become, I forgive myself. I release all attachments to the version of me that spoke those words. I forgive myself. That's super important. You can forgive yourself if you've already cut cords. And I know what, I know what kind of cord cutting you did. So that has already been severed. What would be left is for you to heal yourself. Forgive yourself. That will help end the cause and effect part of that, Um, right? Love ends karma. Cause and effect is just karma Um, and forgive yourself. Okay, odd question, a black cat. Every time I do energy work, she suddenly appears and has to be there. Uh, Catherine, I love this question. All of our animals will definitely feel a change in our vibration when we do any work, any work, because it's energy, just energy around us. I mean, how many of you have been on calls with me where my dog started barking or someone's dog that doesn't normally bark just goes crazy during our sessions or our time together? Animals absolutely feel the shift in energy. Very common, normal and love it. I always love it. I would just say thank you for feeling me. What exactly is a container? Okay. Uh, How does it get made? So when I was talking about uh, a container that you might put a spell into, I'm referring to like a jar or a cauldron. If it's something that you want to have sealed, it would be ideal with something with a lid. But I use bowls. I use all different kinds of cycled material, recycled materials. I oftentimes will take a fallen branch and carve out a little piece of it so it's hollow. Um, I love to work with nature for spells, and I, I don't really do a lot of spells publicly. Um, but I, I would say use whatever you've got. If it needs a lid, use something with a lid. Clear it and cleanse it first, of course. Now, if that's the container you're referring to. Now, the second way that I use a container is as, as a circle, as a, a safe, a place of safety within a collective group of humans where work can be done. So in all of the different classes in Moon Temple Mystery School, we are setting a container of the people that are in that class at that time to do that work together. And most people that are leading this type of work should also be setting that up for you. <laughs> Okay, let's see what we've got. You're welcome. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that, Phyllis. I ask myself if the energy I'm feeling is mine. Yes. Isn't it amazing how often it's not? Good, good, good. Okay, see if there's any other questions. Container is a circle. That's good. Okay, great. All right, really wonderful questions, and we will continue on. I'm going to give you a couple of prompts to help you with this petition to the universe. Now, we all know that the hardest part, assuming you know, of petitioning the universe is knowing what it is that you want, being super fucking clear. And that's sometimes harder than we think. So tonight, the exercise that I'm going to give you to use is to bring clarity into what it is that you desire. Because a petition to the universe is number one, just having a clear intention of what it is you desire. Number two, raising energy. Number three, create this petition. Number four, release it and go back to the five daily steps that we talked about. I can see everyone furiously writing, so I'm going to pause for a moment. Nimue must be so proud of me for speaking slower and giving time for writing. I'm flipping over to see you, Nimue. She's going to be like, yes, finally. Where'd you go? Ah, I can't even see her now. Dave, I see your hand is up. I'm going to ask you to use your chat box, please. So number one, clear intentions. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Steven. That was fast. You are like a speed demon. <laughs> Deaf by 65%. Okay. So we'll, we'll continue to add these to the comments for you. Now that Steven's volunteered himself. Thank you, Helios. You can keep adding your notes to the comments. You know how I work. You do it well so once. Of course. Here you go. We would be honored for you to do that. Thank you. Okay. So having a clear intention of what you desire, knowing what you desire, and we're going to worry about, we're going to revisit those five steps after. What I suggest you do is create a wheel or a circle or draw it in your notebook. And if you're not sure of exactly what it is that you're petitioning the universe for, or maybe you are, we had some prosperity type questions if you're not sure of any of the details of it, even if you feel like you're sure of what it is you're petitioning the universe for, these are still a good process to go through. So we're going to create a circle on your notebook. And to the north, write down the question, how will this feel in my body? To the east, why do I desire this? And how will it change my life for the highest good? To the South, what actions am I willing to take to support this? To the West, how can I open deeper to receive more? And in the center, it should be what it is that you desire. And I actually recommend that you do this for any spell ever. Some variation of this type of question for you to sink deeper and deeper and deeper into ensuring that you have clarity on what it is that you are petitioning the universe for. So in the circle, in the middle, you're going to write what it is that you desire. So someone, anyone willing to share something that they would like to create a petition for, we can use you as an example and work this circle together. A brave soul, healing. Okay, great. Thank you, Rebecca. So in the middle of Rebecca's circle, she's going to write maybe something specific of what it is that she's working on healing for. She'll put a particular type of healing right in the middle. And then to the north, she's going to ask, and I would do this all on one wheel. So your intention in the middle and all these supportive statements around it. To the north, how will will this feel in my body? So if there's any physical manifestations of what it is that you're trying to heal that you want to see moved, how is it going to feel when you are healed? Not that we're really ever healed, but... How is it going to feel as you are healing? How is it going to feel in your body? And then to the East, why do I desire this? Why do you desire healing? Is it to live with more joy? Is it to uh, have more pleasure? Is it to be more successful? Is it to have more stamina? Is it to live longer? Is what, like why? And how will that make your life better? And to the South, what actions am I willing to take to support this. And this is a big question to the South with every intention that you create. If you cannot pass the South, you shouldn't be going all the way around the wheel, starting to the North, you should be, this should stick for some of us. This should be the place where we actually have to pause and say, okay, well, what do you mean? Can't I just put this out magically and it's all gonna happen and I don't have to do anything? Isn't that, can't I? Well, yes and, yes and. What actions am I willing to take to support this? So when it comes to healing, if there's any physical choices that you're making on food, diet, sleep, routine, balance, lack of balance, time in nature, no time in nature, whatever, wherever you are out of, um, out of harmony, I would say not out of balance because balance implies equal and it's not. What are you willing to do to change? Big question. And then to the West, how can I be open to receive more? And when it comes to something like healing, how can I be open to receive more of those blessings in my body? That oftentimes will mean shadow work or layers or barriers or blocks being addressed. So thank you for sharing this example. Now, what I would do is once you've answered these questions in all direction with your intention at the middle, then it's time to actually take this over to a single clean piece of paper and write your petition. This is a petition, which means it's going to be in writing. And I would include pieces from all of this. I am working on my healing because this is how my body is going to feel, because I desire. I know this is where the impact will have in my life. This is what I'm willing to do to support this. And I can receive more healing by... Yes, Eleanor, I really like that, that you do all this so that when spirit answers your petition, you recognize it. Yes. So these questions can be applied to any different way that you're petitioning the universe and really for anything that you desire. Now, I think I had a question. Um, I see Jacqueline. Is it asking to live in my highest timeline in vibration too vague? Um, not too vague for a petition, do you need to do a spell for that? Would it really, really be necessary to do a spell to live in a high vibration? Or could you just go back to those five steps and apply them throughout your day in deeper, deeper, consciously chosen ways? I think that would be a better answer. Okay, what if you want two things specifically, two different wheels? Really good question. Um... I personally petition the universe one at a time because I know that if I am working on two different things, I'm taking this heightened energy, right? Me, the magic, me, the intention, me, the fuel source behind all of this, and I'm dividing it into two things. I feel like I'm splitting myself down the middle for two things. Uh, We all have many, many desires. I would say that break them up a little, like let your energy resettle come back down, ground again. And if you're going to do it in one day, like for me, that's a lot of energy to do in one day, but but I don't, I don't really do it without big energy. Like I would say that if you're writing this out and you're going to petition the universe, because I'm going to ask how many of you are going to, I invite you to do it from a heightened energetic place, right? We've talked about um, the four steps of petitioning the universe are clear intentions, raising energy, like actually creating or casting the intention, which is writing it out, and then releasing it and going to the five steps of daily maintenance. We don't have time to talk about raising energy here any more than we already have uh, about rituals. Whatever way that you know to raise energy, Thymus, you may wish to do that in two separate days. Two separate days. Um, But it depends. If it's something small, if it's just a prayer, if it's just a prayer, maybe your petition to the universe feels like it doesn't need a massive amount of heightened energy, then you might, you might feel like you could do too. I tend to always work with big energy. <laughs> if you know me, you know that. Okay, I'm just going to see if there's any more questions. Great question. No big life things. <laughs> um, okay, can you put a restriction on what you want? So if you want to be heightened, but you don't want too much. <laughs> okay, Joanne, this is such a good question. I'm very curious about this. You're saying, okay, I want to expand and explode up into the cosmos, but not too high. Not too high. Keep me keep me down here a little bit, but take me up to the cosmos, but bring me down here. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm assuming that is kind of what you mean. Um, I would word it a different way. I would, I would word it as... I want to feel heightened states and keep my feet connected to the center of the earth. I might word it as these heightened places. It might even it might even feel physical for you. It might be this um, more abundant experience and still be relatable. I mean, the same same question that you're asking. Um, if you're working your imagination and your visualization process and you're able to expand well beyond what you think some of the fears that might pop up is i will no longer be relatable when i do this i might be too out there for other people (laughs) um yes you can hold the tension of that polarity the answer is yes like the great tree rooted but raised to the heavens yes the deeper the roots the higher the branches all right Does anyone else have questions? So I would like everyone to use the chat box right now. And I want, let me me see what I want in the chat box. I want to all just to take a moment. Now, the moment I started talking about petitioning the universe, everyone had the first thing that came to their mind. Everyone does, because we're all constantly evolving. Uh, Use the chat box. Tell us how you're going to create your petition to the universe or what is the item. Mm. Or topic, Mm, new house, and I'm going to read these out loud, new house, purpose, Mm -hmm. better life for me and my kids, love, Mm. publish my book, get more cases, yes, so it is. Humans to Mars project, love with equal partnership, more family, listening to spirit more, bigger house, health, retire in the Caribbean, connecting with family members in more meaningful ways, start school again, yes, 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 health. I saw a couple of healing goes, healings go by, yes, yes, yes. For me, I would, I would add in... Um, successfully start my death garden of plants, starting in a lot of from seeds. So that is going to be my intentions. And how many of you here have worked with seeds with me before? (laughs) I see a few of you. (laughs) So you know what I'm doing with the seeds. Seeds are powerful to hold intentions as well. Successful book. Mm, Phyllis, interesting. I like that. Okay. Thank you all. Thank you all for being willing to look at really any label that we give a ritual or a spell and why we do it. And I know that it does sort of melt our mind a little when we think of, I don't know why I just lost that screen. Oh well. When we think of the importance of the daily work that we do, the alignment work that we do, that it supersedes this petition that you're working on. It really is secondary to this. And if it feels like a little bit, um, if it feels a little bit in your mind, like, ouch, ouch, it hurts a little for me to process that I'm constantly creating and and casting spells all day long. Well, what do you mean? (laughs) And because it starts to mess with us a little bit when we realize how we are living day to day and how much... Contrast we bring in through our own actions without even realizing it. I'm going to give you one final reminder of these five things. This is what I want to finish on because this is what I want you to take away from tonight. In fact, I think maybe everyone should be doing a petition to the universe to do these five things more deeply every day. That should be our first petition. (laughs) Not that I get to choose for you, but if I did choose for you, it would be this. Become aware of our own thoughts and internal voice. Listen to the words that we speak out loud and do they reflect what it is that we desire? The rituals that we do to find our center. How are we receiving divine knowledge and are we taking action based upon that divine knowledge? Not our small little self or our neighbors or parents desires for us that we're taking action only on divine knowledge and we can only access our divine knowledge if we're in our center and we can only be in our center if our words matter and our words outside of us are only going to matter if they matter inside of us that's the reverse order <laughs> of those five things uh, i hope this has been helpful welcome to february's witching hour I hope you enjoyed this show. I know it was deep. I know parts might feel heavy for you. And I'm really glad that you stayed. I'm really glad that you took the opportunity to learn what you need to do before you actually do the work. It's the work before the great work. And this is the work on yourself, finding your center, being able to navigate this world with ease and grace outside of just casting rituals and spells. If you want more information, visit us at Moontempleschool.com. thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there.